0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Reverend Odette Lockwood Stewart, pastor of Epworth United Methodist Church, spoke on Sunday, May 16, 2010. Her sermon was titled, Is This the Time? We are Surrounded by Circumstances Ripe for Transformation. The lectionary reading is Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. The Gospel of Luke and the book of the Acts of the Apostle belong together. In the first book, as Rick shared, the Gospel writer tells the story of Jesus's life, who he was, what he did and taught, how he died and how he rose from the dead. Luke's Gospel tells of the work Jesus began. Then in the book of Acts, Luke continues the story. He goes on to describe what happened next. What happened to the people who followed Jesus, had been taught by him, changed by him. Acts tells of Jesus' work continued in community. The story of the ascension, of Jesus being lifted up, is a transition between the life of Jesus and Jesus alive in community, empowered by the Holy Spirit. A transition from followers who wait and watch and wonder to disciples who boldly witness to God's justice love. In the first verses of the first chapter of Acts, we read, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdoms of Israel? And he replied, it's not for you to know the times or the period that God has set, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up. You will be my witnesses in the city in the region, to the ends of the earth. Jesus entrusts his life and ministry to his disciples, to all of us, and promises that we will have power and strength sufficient for the work that is ours to do. I am deeply committed to the essential role of community in nurturing and sustaining faithful lives for the sake of the world. I recently read some words of power and promise by a young adult and a community organizer named Andrea Zaleska. She wrote and is a part of uh, a movement led by young adults called Common Security. And she writes, I consider my church to be my community in a unique way. I rely on the congregation for my deepest sustenance, even on those who are not my friends. These are people I can try to be real with, the ones I will count on as times get harder. I often find myself recommending to friends that they find a religious community to join. In this time of economic and ecological crisis, we must ask, who is my neighbor? And we must realize that our neighbor is all of creation. I recently heard a chilling addition to the discussion about immigration law that brings the issue much closer to home for us. With a headline attention focused on Arizona, not much attention is being paid to the acceleration and expansion of the not common security but the secure communities program by the Obama administration. Secure Communities is a strategy whose stated purpose is rapid identification and deportation of dangerous criminals. How many of you have heard of Secure Communities? We're paying attention to Arizona right now. But in partnering local police, immigration and customs enforcement and homeland security, and all databases, and all processes, by checking fingerprints of anyone who is detained for any reason before any charges are filed, the results have been quite the opposite of secure communities. As of April 2010, secure communities strategy is on the line in 160 jurisdictions in 20 states, including Alameda and Contra Costa counties. The testimonies and the studies already of the abuse and racial profiling in the detention and use of biometric technologies on persons who are never charged with a crime have been alarming. We need to pay attention. We need to ask ourselves and the Obama administration, is this the change we want to see and be? Secure communities, or common security. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in the city, in the region, to the ends of the world. Andrew Witte became CEO of GlaxoSmithKline Pharmaceutical Company in 2008. Now in 2001, GlaxoSmithKline and from now on I'll call it GSK, (laughs) had been accused by international humanitarian organizations including Oxfam of waging an undeclared war on the poor for overcharging for medicine in the poorest nations in the world. But in 2009, this new CEO who had spent 10 years working in Asia and Africa pledged to make major changes in the way GSK pharmaceuticals are priced in an attempt to make vital drugs more affordable in countries with the lowest incomes. This major firm acted on that pledge to keep drugs, drug prices for poor countries at no more than 25% of what is charged in other nations. Andrew Witte also announced that GSK would begin to place certain patents in a pool so that they were freely available for others in a search for new drugs. We need to pay attention and to learn more when positive changes and bold moves are taking place, and even small moves. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in the workplace, in the city, in the region, to the ends of the earth. This month, we've begun a season of graduations. You have many in this congregation who are in transition of many kinds. Last year, at a university in California, before the commencement ceremony, there was a gathering of faculty, alumni, and administration. The president of the university invited three seniors into the center of this room and announced that these three soon-to-be graduates We're going to serve under-resourced people and in in impoverished areas. Then he told the students, someone has heard of what you are doing and wants you to be able to serve without impediment. He turned to the first student, looked her in the eye and said, you have been forgiven your school debt of $105,000. Stunned silence, he turned to the second student you have been forgiven your debt of $75,000. Then to the third, you have been forgiven your debt. All three students were trembling and there was weeping throughout the room. Freed from debt to be bold blessings for a hurting and waiting world. When I read about this, I wept. And then I wept for all the students and families and faculty of those burdened by debt because of caps on education spending while banks are bailed out and homes foreclosed. But there are unexpected moments and movements of grace, unexpected forgiveness of debt from God, from one another. We can be instruments of that grace. When we pay attention and learn more and make connections, we find that we are surrounded by circumstances ripe for transformation. That we are faced with choices that can wound or heal, bind or free, that can be bad news or good news for our lives and for the world and for God's creation. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in the city, in the region, to the ends of the earth. Now is by and by. Now is the morning. Now is the time. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Worship services are Sunday at 10 a.m. at 1953 Hopkins Street in Berkeley. Child care is provided during worship. Visit our website at www.epworthberkeley.org.